Ludwig Göransson is a Oscar-winning composer. He's done scores for Black Panther, which he won the Oscar for, Creed, The Mandalorian, and now Chris Nolan's Tenet. He's also worked with Childish Gambino and things like Uber Hit, This Is America. All this, and he's only 35. I really wanted to hate this guy, but ended up having a great chat with him about everything from Star Wars, Tarantino, and bizarrely Irish tango covers of Somewhere Out There from An American Tale. This is Ludwig Garson. Hope you enjoy. I'll start off with, with Tennis. Obviously, you're working with a director, Christopher Nolan, who is so synonymous with another composer and Hans Zimmer. Is that intimidating for you? Do you worry about impersonating his work or going too far the other way to try and make it you know, very uniquely yours? Um, I was very excited from 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 day one and just to work with a director that that had such a huge impact in film and also film and music. You know, I remember the first time I saw Batman Begins, I was about 19 or 20 and I saw it in a theater in Stockholm, Sweden, and that experience had such a huge impact on me. Just what Zimmer and Nolan did together, you know, they, they kind of changed cinema and and you know that that kind of set the standard for the tone of cinema and so of of course it was it was a big pressure and and you know but i feel like i i was just morally excited to kind of be able to get an insight in in chris mind and and getting a read on how how he works and speaking of chris nolan's mind um, he's very secretive about his films and even i've seen this film four times now i'm still not 100 percent what's going on how much prior to you beginning your work do you know about the movie the, the reason i'm asking this is because i've gone to see this with different people and some have come out and said oh this is a great bond film or, or this is a great time travel movie now they if we were asked to score either of those they're two very different things how much of that is open to your own interpretation and how much of that is is him nailing down what he wants you to convey well i um, to me i think that the fantastic thing about the way chris makes movies is that they are so conceptually ambitious and they're really he's really inviting you to immerse yourself in the story and in the complex world he has created and um they, they are always about the depth of the experience and you can just truly sit back and enjoy the ride so one of my goals in composing the music uh, for, for, for Tenet was to underscore the emotional roadmap and help fully submerge the audience in this spectacular adventure. You said there the, the emotional roadmap, um, 100% agree, because I think this, more than any blockbuster I can kind of think of in recent memory, the music is really front and center to the point where you can almost mute the actors and you can still follow that. Did you know how prominent that was going to be beforehand? Like how much of a, a big role this was going to play in the movie? Well, just from knowing Chris and knowing uh, Nolan's earlier work, I know how much of a character his music is in his movies. So I definitely went into the experience and knowing having that in my mind. Also, what what really stood out to me is that how much Chris wants to push the boundaries with audio and visuals in general, I think that was extremely exciting for me because as an audience member, when you go into the theater, you're already expecting a sound. You're, you're expecting to hear an even blend of modern elements together with a cinematic orchestral sound. That's the film score sound that, that the audience are used to hearing today. But what's so interesting about what we did with Tenet is we really experimented with pushing the boundaries with the music and visuals and the Tenet's sound and the, the, and the score is is a shock to the audience because it's not what they're used to hearing in a film. And 
what you're hearing is so different, so it really catches your attention, especially what we did with the music production. We're manipulating both the organic and electronic elements in a way where you, can, you can't tell the difference on what is, what is what. We blended them together with the sound design, and it's also heavily manipulated. So most of the times you're listening, you think you know what it is, but you don't. You said there about audience expectation. Um, you won the Oscar for for Black Panther. I remember reading an interview with Chadwick Boseman when he said, like, for black children, this is going to be their Lord of the Rings. This is going to be their Star Wars. Did you feel the kind of the, the weight of expectation or responsibility for that when you were creating the score for that movie? Absolutely. I mean, I said the same thing when I saw the first cut. I told Ryan, like, this is like Star Wars. This is going to be something that that's going to give people hope and change people's perception. And, and so, yeah, when we set out to make that sound that to make that music for that movie, where there was definitely a lot of like I put a lot of pressure into making it different and to make it stand out. And, um, you know, I knew that I needed to create a new world because Wakanda is is a is is a fictional world but it's it's also heavily based in obviously in African culture so that was for for my for for working on that movie that was the first step I did was was to travel to Senegal and work with musicians there and, and really get an understanding of what music means in culture you say there about you know the basically being Star Wars you got to do a Star Wars theme as well um, yeah. you seem to have a habit of, of following icons like John Williams <laughs> you know, iconic Star Wars and then Jewel of the Fates as well yeah. making like having been offered you know, to do a new Star Wars team what is that like when you get the, the call for that? And, and what is going through your mind of how can you create this or is it just specifically what, what suits the tone of the show is that all that matters to you it doesn't like the, the weight of history doesn't mean anything to you of course, of course, history means a lot to me and, and especially, you know, the history of Star Wars. And, you know, it's, it's probably the most recognizable piece of film music ever written. And I would say it's the best piece of film music ever written. And it means so much to so many people. And to me, I mean, when I heard that music when I was about eight or nine, I, I actually heard the music before I saw the movie. So immediately when I heard the music, it, it, it took me to places. It took me to different planets and to different universe. And it, it made me feel like I was in space. And so when I, when I got the, the offer and, and, and to work with, with John Favreau and Dave Filoni and Mandalorian, something that was just exciting and something, something that was great from the get-go was that they were open for new ideas and a new sound. And, and they wanted to explore and experiment and we had a lot of conversations what Star Wars music, what Star Wars meant to us. And, and something that I kept coming back to is, is that memory I had as a child. And I wanted to recreate that feeling that I had um, when I first heard Star Wars for the first time. So so what I did was, to, how, how I recreated that was to take a step away from the computer um, and surround myself in the studio just with instruments and instruments that I used to play and record when I was a kid. I was I, the first instrument set of instruments I bought was a set of recorders, um, and especially the bass recorder was something I was gravitating to because I hadn't played that before. Um, and when you write music on a computer, you don't get anything back from the computer. But when you play an instrument, it speaks to you, it talks to you. And for me, it was kind of almost like a meditational experience because I was I was playing all these instruments in my studio for a month and and I was playing the recorder and it was I felt like I was getting something back from the instrument and it was leading me on a journey and and 
playing, starting with the recorder, then led me to the drums, and then it led me to the piano and to the guitar. It was almost like I was solving a puzzle. And um, that's how I started on The Mandalorian. I think that's the, the big difference between us. I played a recorder in school and I got three blind mice. You've got a, a new Star Wars theme. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, being Irish, I have to ask about your, your Irish uh, tango cover of Somewhere Out There with Donald Glover okay. and Childish Gambino. Oh, um, yeah. One, what was the influence behind that? And, and two, how did that, like, did you ever envision the relationship you had with him would end up where it did? Uh, that's funny that you bring that up because that was my first interaction with, with Donald Glover. And it's, 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 it's when I think back to that moment, it's kind of crazy. Um, that arrangement that we did for somewhere out there was a, a reflection of Dan Harmon's crazy mind. You know, it was, it was an, it was like an Irish band playing it in the cafeteria and it turned into a, a flamenco dance, um, with, uh, Chang and, his, uh, <laughs> and his wife. And <clears throat> I started on that arrangement and then I had, <clears throat> I had Danny Pudi and Donald Glover come back, come over to my studio and record the vocal parts. And <clears throat> immediately we just, we just hit it off. We just, we just started playing around and goofing around and, and we became friends. And a couple of weeks later, Donald emailed me and he was like, Hey, I'm also a, 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 a musician. I'm a, I'm a rapper and I'm about to release my first project. And I wonder if you know anyone that could mix this uh, because I don't know a lot of people in LA. I just moved here and I listened to the song and I was immediately taking back on how great it sounded. And, and I immediately emailed him back and I was like, Hey, this is incredible. What if we, add some instruments here and what if we change some stuff there and that's basically how our whole relationship started and that's how we started working together um finally i read a lot of interviews watch a lot of stuff with you and the, the two names that seem to always pop up for you are, are john williams and danny elfman you've done the john williams thing shall we say with star wars would tim burton be another collaboration you'd be interested in or is there anyone else that you know it's on your bucket list this is the one i'd like to do absolutely i mean I think one of the first movies that really inspired me to become a film composer was Edward Scissorhands because the music was just so emotional and it just really stood out to me at the time and it still does. And um, just the way that he used, uh, he worked with Danny Elfman and he used music and really made it fantastical and magical, I think was stood out to me. And I think someone else, another director that really uses music in an interesting ways is, is Tarantino. I think the way that he puts uh, already existing famous film composers' music into his movies is really opened up my mind to... He, he introduced me to a lot of film composers that I never would have heard of otherwise. My eyes just lit up there when I think of, of you working with Tarantino. I could talk to you all day. Unfortunately, I'm getting the wrap-up signal here. So I'll let you go. I'm sure you have a, a lot more important things to do. Thanks so much for talking to you. It was an absolute pleasure speaking to you, Ludwig. It was great talking to you as well, Andy. Thanks a lot, man. Have a good day. You too.